Hi, friends. I talk a lot about systems thinking on this podcast and thought I'd share one of the most potent actions you can take if you feel moved to be a different kind of leader for the 21st century. At Small Giants Academy, we developed our answer to the traditional MBA. We call it the MBE, a mastery of business and empathy. The MBE is a truly groundbreaking program which equips leaders with the tools, strategies, networks and philosophies to lead with purpose in these troubled times. Applications are open now for 2025. So head to smallgiants.com.au forward slash MBE to learn more and sign up. I'm really lucky to get to chat with Dr. Anna Rubenstein. And we get to talk about the work that you are doing and have been doing for 25 years plus from your life as an emergency doctor to the last 20 years with the Rites of Passage Institute and teaching people about what a rite of passage is and why we need it and walking them through it and living into it. And you have such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that feels to me like this moment calls for this conversation and I hope it's just really helpful for anyone listening to it because I have a thousand questions and I would really love to have a frame around this moment that is useful and nourishing and ancient as well because we've been through hard times before as a species and we do have a way of thinking about it that's not only constructive practically but constructively for our souls so that's why I thought Dumbo Feather and the Rites of Passage Institute otherwise known as Barry and Anna need to have uh, a conversation now about how we could frame this moment in time as a rite of passage and this is a special mini-series of the Dumbo Feather podcast so we can maybe come up with a name for it together what do you think? Do you have a name for it? Great. Can you uh, don't have a name at this stage, but happy to. Dumbo Feather and Rites of Passage uh, Institute podcast series. Anna, that wasn't a that Get wasn't more creative than that. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a fun title. Um, our friendship started through Dumbo Feather because I read your amazing book that my friend Mim Bartlett had given to me when I had little baby boys and it was such a wonderful simple clear book and then I read it and then didn't think about it again and a few issues later in Dumbo Feather I was like let's interview this awesome guy up in Byron who's doing these rites of passage workshops and it completely blew up we did the article together we did a live event and then we podcasted it together and it's just it's had the most hits and listens of anything that we've done and people were hungry for the knowledge and the connection to what you know. And that was miraculous for me to see because I got such a, like, wonderful surprise at how the frame that you work in is really needed right now. And then you invited Danny and I and the kids up to your amazing property in the hills of Mullumbimby and we came and stayed in your teepee. And that was the beginning of our friendship. And and here we are talking to each other in the middle of a pandemic 
you on that beautiful piece of land in Mullum on Zoom and me here at the farm, at Mossy Willow Farm. And I'm just really grateful that I can sit on this Zoom with you and have this conversation. So thank you. Yes, thank you, Barry. And, and a very important part of this is the friendship and it does go back a long way now. And I have to say it's more than just you and me. I have a, a very deep friendship now with your husband, Danny, and a love for him and for your children. Um, and with all of them, I feel like I have a relationship and we've done special things and, um, you know, Danny and I went away for his 40th birthday with three other uh, guys to Patagonia and we actually spent 10 days together and we did it as a rite of passage and that was extraordinary. And then your oldest son and I, Amos, have been on adventures together and found big snakes in the bush together and picked them up and played with them and all sorts of things. And, um, you know, we, we, there's a deep relationship going on there between your family and me and I consider that something very special in my life. So I'm very happy to be sitting here talking with you about Rites of Passage and it's my passion and it's my passion creating Rites of Passage for individuals and families but this is absolutely a global rite of passage and I'm very keen to talk about that and how by understanding the stages of a rite of passage we can actually manage it so much better. And, and the reality is this is a transformational process that we're going through, not a question. The question is are we going to do it well or is it going to be a disaster? And it could actually go either way. It could be the greatest thing that happens to us individually as, as a community in that it's an opportunity for a reset, a refresh, however you want to call it, to really take stock of who we are, what we're doing, how we're showing up, how we're treating the, the planet, how we're treating each other, all of that. There's an incredible opportunity there. And there's also a possibility that as a result of this, people become more isolated and more self-serving and, and uh, that we actually end up with major uh, social breakdown. So very much the jury is out as to which way this is going to go and my hope and intention and I absolutely believe it's exactly the same for you Barry and what you do is to do everything we can to look for the opportunities in what's happening and to create the best possible outcome. Yeah I love that so much and I I feel well, I, my question, my first question to you, or, or maybe it would be really helpful if you could articulate from your years of experience and your years of study and work, just what articulate what is a rite of passage, what are the component parts and what should we be looking out for so that we can really contextualise this moment in a richer way? Yeah, great. So a rite of passage is a transformation. It's something that changes us, an event in our lives that changes us and that we can never go back from and become who we were before. So there are some classic rites of passage events that happen uh, when we go through puberty and we change from being children to young adults. Uh, if we get married, that's a rite of passage. If we have children, that's a rite of passage. 
Uh, when we become an elder, that's a rite of passage. When we die, it's a rite of passage. So, so there are all these stages, and, and I believe that life is actually a series of transformations. It's like we're going up a staircase. We start at the bottom as a baby and, you know, hopefully we get to the top as an elder and pass on and there are all these steps on the way. And each step represents another stage in our lives. How we are on each step is different to how we were on the step before. So how a young adult thinks is different from how a child thinks and how a parent thinks is different to how a teenager thinks. How a grandparent thinks is different to how a parent does and how an elder does is different again. And so all of these transformations will happen. And the, the, what are actually more what a rite of passage really is, is a facilitated way of creating these processes so that they happen in a healthy way that we grow from and, and that takes us into a better place and does it well. I'll give you an example. That we all moved from being children to being adults or young adults. And um, it used to be in Indigenous communities that that was facilitated by the community and by the elders and there was a big uh, ceremony and celebration that would go on anywhere from days to weeks to months, which was very much around celebrating and acknowledging that the boys were becoming young men or the girls were becoming young women. And it was done in a healthy way. We don't have those rites of passage anymore, but our boys and girls are still becoming young men and women. But when I run my workshops and I ask people, what event was it in your life that transformed you from being a child to an adult? 95% of people give me really sad, disastrous, traumatic events that actually created the catalyst where they had to move. So what I'm actually saying here is that we're all going to move up this staircase of life. The question is, are we going to move up it in a healthy way where we grow or are we going to be sort of going up it through grief and trauma and difficult things that are going to create more wounding and, and I guess you could call it baggage along the way. So rites of passage, the word rites comes from ritual. It's a ritual way of creating a passageway from one stage in life to the next. I love that because I think that in the modern Western world we stripped everything away. Their ritual was something you did if you were, I don't know, pagan and or religious. Things that were meaning-making structures became almost taboo and so we stripped everything back until we had nothing to hold on to and I love the thought of the passage of time being held by all of us in different ways in appropriately different ways so that we can grow so that that growth and those transitions are honoured how do we well, they, they yeah, talk how, about they talk about rites of passage as being a healthy community facilitated way of maintaining social structure. So if I talk about this staircase of life, it's about allowing people and supporting people to be on the on the right stair of life. So 
We want our children to be children, but we don't want our adults to be children, hmm. nor do we want our children to have to be elders. Hmm. So it's about, you know, if children can be children, teenagers can be teenagers, parents can be parents, grandparents can be grandparents and elders can have their role, then we actually move into a society and a community and a structure that's functioning well. When we don't have rites of passage, we have teenagers who are still acting like little children. We have adults who are acting like teenagers. We have elders who are still trying to pretend that they are, you know, young and, and powerful and, you know, in, the, in that sort of realm. And the whole thing actually becomes a bit of a mess and a broken down structure that just doesn't function in a healthy way. And and the consequences of that are fundamentally enormous for the individual, the family, the community, and the entire world, actually. I have so many questions and I know that anyone listening is going to have questions like how do you know this stuff and why are you so clever and wise? <laughs> but, the, but, the, <laughs> but the question, I guess I'm sure you deal with this, I know you deal with this in your workshop so you're going to have to walk me through it as well. I've had some exposure to rites of passage in the Jewish tradition because I'm, I'm Jewish on both sides, so I've been exposed to bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and um, circumcisions, even even the birth of, the, of a baby. There's still a lot of uh, religious rituals that I've, I've participated in or witnessed, and, and you do feel an emotional bridge. You do feel something is happening, but we... We don't do it in as rich a way as I think you're alluding to. So because most of us aren't exposed to rites of passage, not conscious ones or ones held by the whole community, maybe you could just talk about what that looks like to hold rites of passage as a community. Let's go to a simple example so we can understand the basics of what I'm talking about and we can expand it out from there. So let's, you know, I've done a lot of work with men and boys. So let's talk about men and boys for a moment. But this is equally as relevant to girls and women. So every Indigenous community all over the world, including the Jewish religion and all the primitive communities, if you want to call them that, or, or pre-modern communities or Indigenous communities, recognise that you have to create some sort of process to move boys from being child boys to men and we've written i wrote a model about the difference between how a boy thinks boy psychology and how a man thinks and this will give a really good example of why we need to do rites of passage so boy psychology is it's all about me i'm the center of the universe i need constant acknowledgement i need someone to tell me how fabulous i am a boy can never be wrong a boy doesn't take responsibility for his actions. It's always someone else's fault. Um, a boy uh, can't handle his emotions. If he doesn't get what he wants, he has a temper tantrum. And a boy uh, is looking for a mother, a mother to do everything for him and basically to be his servant. Now, if I have a six-year-old son who thinks he's the centre of the universe and needs lots of acknowledgement and can never be wrong and... Um, you know, wants a mother and has temper tantrums if things don't work out, 
that's okay. He's a six-year-old boy. However, if I have a, if I'm a woman and I have a husband who's 45 years old and who still thinks he's the centre of the universe and who can still never be wrong and, 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 you know, can't handle his emotions and has a temper tantrum when things don't work out and he's still looking for a mother, it's actually a big problem. And when I give these talks and I ask women in the community if they've ever met any men who still have these behaviours of boys, it's actually quite astonishing how many sort of, you know, I, I see the, you know, the women sort of looking over at their partners and looking back and there's a sort of a bit of an awkward smile and, you know, we, we have a situation, you know, and I believe that there are a huge number of men or people in men's bodies who are still functioning as boys because they never went through a rite of passage. And, and even more than that, I have a huge concern that we live in a world that is predominantly run by boys, which is a massive problem. Whereas if they, a healthy rite of passage was created for our boys, we would end up with men who understood that they're part of a community, that they have to take responsibility for their actions, they have to be able to admit when they're wrong, I have to be able to admit when I'm wrong, I have to be able to stand with my emotions. If something doesn't work for me, I can't have a temper tantrum and punch someone or abuse someone. That's not okay. It's actually domestic violence. It's really not okay. And I'm not looking for a mother. I'm looking for a genuine relationship. And in whatever way that is, it's a relationship where we're both as important as each other and there's mutual respect and creativity and love and all of those things. And that most fundamental first right rites of passage that should happen for every boy is just not happening and it, and and the implications of that are felt right through society and right through time and as importantly we need to be creating rites of passage for our girls um to be honest i think that girls have more um rites of passage that happen in, in terms of they start menstruating and and, and if they have children, so a, a lot of women have actually been through their rites of passage and, and get it and know about it. So that's describing it with boys becoming young men or girls becoming young women, uh, but it goes right on through life. Um, and, uh, you know, we need, to con we need to regularly be creating these opportunities to support people to find a way to work out you know, what's their next step and, and to help them go to that place. So if you take the lens up and out, how would you apply what you just said to us collectively as a society? Have we been in a state of teenagehood or infancy and, and this COVID-19 yeah. is our opportunity to move into adulthood? Like what, what are you seeing? What is the place we were before the pandemic, the pandemic, and then the, the place after that we emerge into, like how, how do you see this moment for all of us? Yeah, well, first of all, your, you know, in your first question, I see a lot of childish behaviour going on in the world and childish behaviour is demonstrated by it's all about me rather than it's all about my community. So a child will gather power and everything for themselves whereas a healthy adult will 
will do use that power to support their community and to help others. That's probably the biggest fundamental shift in a rite of passage, this realisation that it's not about me, I'm actually part of a community, I'm part of something greater than me. And, and when that doesn't happen, which is what I believe has been missing, we then end up with adults who are just looking to get more for themselves uh, and who are, you know, feel disconnected from other people and from other families. And then you end up with countries who just think about themselves and rather than us really deeply recognising that we are one global humanity, it gets broken up into large pieces and smaller pieces and smaller and smaller pieces. Uh, and it actually creates a very unhealthy society uh, that is, you know, almost every man for themselves or every person for themselves. And, and I think that's there's a lot of that has been going on. I know that you and I had a discussion one time about wealth and I was saying how we need to go through a rite of passage around wealth and realise that wealth is, if I have wealth, more wealth it's not so that i can do more for me the acquisition of wealth should represent more that i can then do for my community and that's a completely different way of looking at wealth um, and an uninitiated society will just take from the earth as if it's an unlimited resource whereas an initiated society will realize that we have to really look after the earth and we have to really look after our resources and make sure that we are replacing more than we're taking um, so all of those things sort of come into it. So, dude, how do we get to the initiated state? Like, talk me through this. How can we collectively, because there's this idea, you know, and I know your life's work's been about the more people that go through the rites of passage sort of training, if you will, or awareness-making and meaning-making and they go out into their communities, the, the healthier those communities. So one plus one plus one is the, you know, the drops in the lake um, and it becomes a healthy ecosystem. But now to anyone listening to our conversation, how if we contextualise this moment, what is the pandemic doing for us? What is the opportunity of the pandemic? And how, okay. how is the pandemic in the rite of passage journey? What, what does it represent? Okay, so the pandemic is absolutely, it is a rite of passage. That's the first thing. Because we will all be transformed by this. Our children will be different because of this. Our children will, will remember and be impacted by this event their whole lives. And us as individuals will be impacted by it and our communities and the world will be impacted by it. And, and a rite of passage has three classic stages. Um, so there was a Belgian anthropologist who I'd like to give credit to, Arnold van Gennet, who's my hero. And in the late 1800s, he travelled to communities around the world and he recognised that all of these Indigenous communities around the world were creating rites of passage to mark these different stages of life. And he further recognised, he was the one who created, who named Ritz de Passage, the ritual way of creating a passageway from one stage in life to the next. And he identified that there were three classic stages in a rite of passage. The first is a separation, the second is a transformation, and the third is an integration or return. So what I mean by that 
is the first stage of a rite of passage is a separation. And that's a separation from your normal and everyday life. It's a separation from your community. And that is exactly what has happened in this pandemic. We have been separated from our day-to-day lives. We're no longer going to work. We're no longer going out. We're no longer meeting with our friends. You know, we may be doing some essential things, but fundamentally we have been separated. And in a rite of passage, we get separated into a container. So let's think about the classic nature metaphor of a rite of passage is a um, caterpillar becoming a butterfly. So we wander along as a caterpillar and then we get and we live in trees and we eat leaves and then we get separated from that and we go into a cocoon. So let's say, okay, we build the cocoon or not, but we go into a cocoon. So in the first stage you separate and then the cocoon or the container is created and in that container is when we transform. And then eventually when the transformation is finished, we come back out and we reintegrate back into our community, but we're different. So the caterpillar went into the cocoon as a caterpillar, transformed, and then will come back out into the community as a butterfly, which is a completely different thing than a caterpillar. Now, in, the, in this pandemic, we have left our normal lives and our cocoon or our container for many of us is our homes. So we're, we're in this container and we can't really leave it. Yes, maybe we can do a bit of shopping or whatever, but all day, every day, we know we're in this container and it is different from our normal reality. And within this container, we're going to change. We're going to transform. And then eventually down the track, we will come back out of it and we will be different so the question is how will we transform as i said earlier and and what do we need to do to transform well and in the most positive way possible and my work and my research in the last 25 years has been looking at what are the elements within the container to create a healthy transformation And using those elements, the rite of passage framework that I call it, we've been creating rites of passage around the world in over 25 countries and had more than 200,000 people coming through them. And that's what we're about. And so in this series, what we want to do is look at those elements and how we can bring them into what's happening and, and show how that's mirroring what's going on with this pandemic and then look at the implications on community if we can do it well and, as I said, have children being children, allow our young adults to be, you know, young adults in the best way possible, allow our, our older adults to take their role in the community and to contribute in a positive way to the community and then hugely importantly to have our elders actually being elders rather than just being older people, which is very different. It's and, exciting. And in terms of what's happening, well, yeah, what's happening at the moment is we are just finishing the separation stage and going into the container. And there are still people who are fighting it. Yeah, I was There's still say. people who don't want to go into the container. They want to pretend everything is okay. They're starting to say it's a conspiracy. You know, there's all this stuff. You, you actually need to, at, at a certain point, you submit to the fact that you're in the container. And 
There are those of us who have submitted and, and you know, acknowledge that we're here, but there's levels of submission. And until we fully submit, we're going to fight it and we're going to be angry and we're going to be depressed and we're going to be flat and all of those things. And it's only when we fully submit to it that we'll be able to really go into what it has to offer this time of being in this transformational space. Oh, I love that. It's so rich and it's so full of meaning-making and it's not about being the victim of something happening to us but we are being the agents of um, creation in that it's happening for us and that lens is so empowering and that's what I love about the work that you do because there's a formlessness and a nothingness like we consumerism consumerism consumption capitalism that's been the form within which we've created meaning in our lives Barry there's more there's more there's more (laughs) I'm getting excited so this is the thing if rites of passage are not created by us in a healthy way with and and there should be the elements are there are supposed to be elders guiding it and it's a community process we'll come back to those things but if they're not created for you know if we don't have them created from within our community they will happen to us this is really important yes so if we don't, if we don't, as I mentioned before, we, if we don't have a rite of passage to grow up that's created for us by elders, something will happen that will force us to grow up and it'll often be traumatic but we'll grow up from it. Now, as a society, because we haven't been having rites of passage and, and our society is actually a very infantile society that thinks that things are just going to be good forever despite what we do to the world and despite all the signs and signals that are everywhere, Bam, here's a rite of passage that is happening to us. And like I've said a number of times, we have the choice as to whether we're going to really genuinely take the opportunity and grow from it or whether we're going to be seriously wounded and, and uh, you know, it's going to have a negative effect on us. And like I said to you before, when I ask people about what event or what rite of passage sort of forced them to grow up, a lot of people give very traumatic stories but acknowledge that they really grew from it and that they are better people because of it. And what exactly what's happening here is we are in a rite of passage moment and, um, you know, we're in our containers to different degrees and when yeah. we are fully in there, then we start moving forward with actually the the uh, transformation actually i'm gonna veer off course like slightly but maybe you're gonna tell me it's exactly the point and i hope that's what you're gonna tell me (laughs) um one of the things that i'm finding really interesting is the incredible tension between suffering and privilege so in the separation phase moving into the transformation and container phase Different individuals are having very different encounters with and experiences of the separation and the transformation because for some people in the separation phase, there's a total loss of all security and they're losing their jobs. Some people are losing their lives or losing loved ones. Like there's a huge amount of suffering that has accompanied the forced separation from the collective 
human species on this planet and the story that we had created about how we were going to live on the world and in the planet, you know, in, in relationship to the planet and one another, we have been separated from that story and different people are paying very different prices for that separation. And the most vulnerable are showing up to be the most vulnerable, you know, like where it could all be kind of slightly hidden um, or clouded over. It's now in all of our faces. And I think my questions are so layered on this. And I guess part of it is if we are lucky enough or privileged enough in this exact epoch defining moment to be able to get our heads above water and talk about this moment as a rite of passage and potentially have some useful, nourishing ways of framing this moment other than Donald Trump and Putin and grabs for power and loss of all of it, of our power, if we're able to think creatively, it feels like we must. It feels like an essential moment. Well, Barry, look, yes, very multi-layered um, conversation, which is fantastic, and uh, there are a few things I'll speak to. You know, speaking to your thing around this, you know, is it, is it a challenge, is it an opportunity, does it have to be one or the other? I fully believe that it, it is both. And, and one of the, you know, signs of, you know, a good indicator of uh, broad-minded thinking and even intelligence is the ability to hold two completely opposing beliefs at the same time. Yeah. You know, the duality. It is an incredibly challenging time that is full of opportunity and that's actually okay and it is a tragedy that beautiful people that we dearly love are going to die but that doesn't take away from the fact that there is still opportunity to grow in other areas and it, it is not a one or the other and in fact if we don't take the opportunities then we don't actually give respect to the challenges that are happening at the same time um, and and I also very much believe, well, first of all, in a rite of passage, there is always a challenge or an ordeal. That is one of the key elements of a rite of passage that we will come to talking to. But it's about, and my personal experience in life is that when I have dealt with these, when I have faced the challenges that have been thrown up to me, that's also when I've grown the most and when I've actually been able to step up from one stage to the next. I love it. And I think I wanted to have this conversation with you also to give permission to everyone and anyone who is feeling sustenance somehow from this moment or feeling like this moment is a, a door open where the light gets in and needs to be given permission to walk through that door and to really examine this moment from that lens because I think it will determine the next 100 years, whatever whatever kind of creature we are when we come out of the chrysalis is determined by how we sit in this moment of separation. Absolutely. And, you know, we do actually have choice within it. You know, we there are things we can control and there are things we can't control. You know, look, Barry, you and I both have relatives who went through the Holocaust. 
And some people, as horrific as it was, I mean, what more horrific moment can we use as an example that we actually have some level of connection to? And yet we know there are people who came out of the Holocaust who were in concentration camps and came out of that more loving hmm. and more connected to community and more connected to family. And, and that's it right there. So it's not to negate the impact of the suffering. It's not to become cold or unempathetic. It's to actually become more real mm. to all the emotions of life. More alive. Um, you know, very good, more alive. I was a very saying good friend that, of mine. Mm. Yeah, go on. A very good friend of mine, we were talking about being happy and just happy mean being, you know, just smiling all the time. And he said, no, no, happy comes from the word happening. It's actually about being connected to what is happening hmm. so that, you know, if I go to a wedding, I can, be, I can be smiling. If I go to a funeral, I can be crying, you know, and it's the same here. There will be many, many things happening. And as, as we have discussed, you know, people are going to pass. People are going to die. And that is the worst thing in the world. And also other beautiful things are going are to happen. And it's about actually being able to be present to all of them in the moment because that's actually life. Life is made up of death, birth, celebration, disappointment. All of these different emotions and realities are part of life. And, it, you know, all of the great teachers of day, are, you know, are telling us be here now, be present. And, you know, this is an, a, a, an incredible opportunity when so much of the other noise that we're normally so incredibly preoccupied by is being taken away. You know, we're not going off to work and we're not going out. You know, if we've got a problem or if we're unhappy, we can't just go out to a movie or to a restaurant or to a pub and pretend it's not going on. We've actually been, we've actually been shoved into a container, a cocoon, with ourselves and our families. And if people are struggling with that, then they need to look at themselves and their families and their situations. You know, we, we, we can't, the, the escape mechanisms have been decreased and, and we live in a society that specializes in denial. Can, it, can and I gives just... gives us every opportunity to, to, get, to deny to get everything that's going on. So I want to say that, first of all, you're a treasure and... Also, I really love escapism and denial. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to flag. Me too, but at the <laughs> right time, at the right, not not at the expense of our basic. It, it is, it is, should is and should be a part of our lives, but it shouldn't be our lives. Is it That's o- the difference? Is it okay that I stayed up till one a.m. with Dan watching a zombie movie? It's fabulous, Barry. <laughs> It's absolutely fabulous. Of course it's fabulous. I'm just joking. We totally needed to watch uh, the zombie apocalypse. But I was going to say we are going to talk about all of this stuff and I just want everyone listening to know that Anna said it before, this is a series. We're going to unpack rites of passage over, I don't know, however many weeks it takes, right, Anna? I'm up for that. 
I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, I know, right? I'm in my <laughs> container. I'm in my container. <laughs> Yay, I've got you booked in in your container. And we're going to go through um, all the different phases of the rites of passage. We're going to talk about children, young adults, older adults, elders, the role, the framing, all of it. We've got time. And as this will be a weekly podcast, every episode will respond to questions from listeners at the end of the last episode. So if anyone out there has any questions or comments or thoughts you want to share with us, email me at digital at dumbofeather.com and we will try to make sure that all those questions are aired in the last sort of 10 minutes of our chats as we move through the phases of rites of passage together. And... Anna is currently running a seven-part online program, Parents and Children Growing Together in a Time of Crisis. So if you want to do that course, Anna, where do people go? Uh, they can go to our website, uh, Rights of Passage Institute, and rights spelled R-I-T-E-S, rightsofpassageinstitute.org, or if you contact uh, Dumbo Feather on the email that Barry gave you, they will also have the link. But I just want to mention with this course, you know, I we do have a great concern for the well-being of children and families at home and, you know, especially during holiday times and, and, th- and that sort of thing. And, and it, once again, it is a great opportunity. But because we don't have a lot of experience in rites of passage and how to manage them, we've put together a seven-part course which will basically take people through a simple fun but but highly transformational and and powerful process that you can do with children anywhere from eight years up uh and it involves working out how to really check in with each other so you can monitor the health and well-being of everyone in the family sharing stories creating a vision together how you want to be during this time identifying challenges that are going on in the family and how to deal with them and and also very importantly recognizing the gifts and the talents the genius and the spirit of everyone in the family and really bringing that out so really excited to have produced this e-course and um, you know hope that people get involved with it beautiful I can think of nothing more nourishing to do and I have to do it like I feel like I've the first two weeks of um, being on retreat in retreat from the world I think I was nailing parenting and life and it has completely slipped I've like my kids are currently in front of the Nintendo Switch and the TV right now and um, I feel like I'm drowning and Dan does too because we've had so much work in crisis management for the businesses and stuff so I'm really looking forward to um, doing the course myself so we can and all do it together and I get this sneaky extra lucky one-on-one time with you um, and also for anyone listening Dumbo Feather is a salve for these times of uncertainty I find just making the work um, centers my soul and we've got a really beautiful care package on the Dumbo Feather website and on the newsletter so sign up if you need it and you can support us by becoming a subscriber if you can at the moment, that really, really helps. But we're here to help you. So I hope this conversation and all the conversations that Anna and I are going to have really help support you in this time. And we're sending you our love. Thank you, Anna. And my saying for this period is let's do this well and let's do this together. Amen.
Thank you.